Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. up everybody my name is james d fiore and this is <sighs> casual friday i have been on the road for 14 days and i gotta tell you something i have a bone to pick with one city that i have been to in the last 14 days and that city is london okay can i just tell you something I know that we like to make fun of people on the right who talk about the um, the World Economic Forum and George Soros and the New World Order and all that kind of stuff. And I am not one of those people. I am definitely not one of those people at all. But I got to tell you, I was in London for 10 days. I was interviewing people for the book. The publisher sent me there. I was there working. I had some downtime. There are like 50%, I would say, of the restaurants there do not accept cash for takeout orders. And I got to tell you, I think that's fucking stupid. And it doesn't make any sense to me at all. And, 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 And here's the reason. I know that we are a convenience-motivated culture. I get that. But does anyone really understand that if you're paying with credit card or if you're paying with debit card, that the only reason that those digital middlemen exist is because legal tender or actual currency is legit? That is why debit cards and credit cards can exist because cash also exists. And I was caught in a situation where I was told after I ordered the food and it was handed to me, I'm sorry, sir, you can't, you can't pay in cash. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you because I only have cash on me. And it came to like 18 something and I put down 20 pounds and I grabbed the food and I looked at the person and she was like, sir, we don't accept cash. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you, but there's some cash right there. And this is me leaving. And then I left and she didn't follow me. So I have advice to anybody that's traveling overseas overseas. 
or maybe in the country that you reside in, if anyone ever says that they can't pay or they can't accept cash as a payment and you've already received the goods, whether it be food or a pair of boxers or whatever, just throw down the money and walk out. They're not going to do anything. I'm telling you this. Spenny. Yes, sir. Spenny is our guest today. Spenny, have you ever experienced a a situation where you wanted to pay cash and they were just like, nah, we don't take cash? Actually, um, I travel a lot for work and uh, I love the train. Uh, Via Rail uh, used to take cash and then they stopped taking cash. So they'd come down with the tray and uh, if I didn't have uh, a card on me, they wouldn't take the money. And it went over like a lead balloon because they changed it back to they accept cash again. Yeah. Um, I, I recently was told that by me, uh, like I wrote a piece for Cryer, something about, um, uh, I think it was like, uh, for some cash is king, but for London, UK, cash is an orphan. I talked about my experience and people were like, Oh, I never carry cash anymore. And I was just like completely dumbfounded because if you remove cash from the equation, you can't use your debit card or your credit card. They only exist because cash exists. Are you in favor of a cashless society is my question. No, I, I, I think you're, I think it should be any and all of the above. Because you're right, there's the cards would be nothing without the cash in your account. I agree. Okay. Um, Spenny, you had a matinee performance today from one to four in Kingston. I believe it was Kingston. How did that go? And um, and and how trash did you get before you went on stage? Well, <laughs> it was more uh, during the, uh, I play three sets. It's a, you know, it's like a three hour gig with two breaks um so i drink when people buy me drinks okay and uh so that was a while ago and i'm now into the hangover stage of uh you know not feeling particularly great i just took a couple of advil and i'm not one of those people that can be hung over and drink more booze to feel better right it doesn't work like that for me for whatever reason you're, you're not uh the the hair of the dog kind of person hair of the dog or as bill murray used to say the hair of the pup Yes, I'm not. I'm not either, but when I used to drink a lot, um, a Caesar in the morning, I was okay with that. Yes, and uh, I also recommend uh, it's um, uh, Clamato juice with beer. Oh my God, I only drank that once, and that was in Saskatchewan, and I loved it. Yeah, and that that actually did help uh, my hangover, Uh, so I'm full of shit. (laughs) I forgot Um, about it. Did did you have any time uh, over the last couple of days to uh, to take a look at or to think about and ponder the announced separation of our prime minister and his wife Sophie Grigor? I guess so. Sure, I thought about it. Did you have and any? I, and like, I read your posts about it too, which I completely agree with. Uh, I I posted three or four things about it. You know, it's funny. I always feel a little bit weird. Um, I feel like I telegraph uh, my mood or something because there are certain topics when they come up where I'm just like, I'm all over it. And I, and I think I telegraph to people that like, oh, 
James is writing about this because he's also recently separated. And, and, and so, so I tweeted a couple things and I wrote two articles about it. So I know that I kind of went to the trough a little bit more than, than most people would. But um, I'll just let you know off the bat. Like, I'm of the mind where it's like, if it was Pierre Poilievre and his wife that were announcing their separation, uh-huh. I would have literally done the exact same thing. I would have said the exact same things. I would have posted the exact same things. And I'm wondering if you noticed a a sort of um, that 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 polarization where where people who you probably know would be like really sensitive about uh, a conservative being separated versus Trudeau being separated. And, and I'm wondering what just what your thoughts are about that. First of all, in general, the 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 exception to the rule would be Don Jr. <laughs> I think that he's. Got a yeah. target on his back uh, just because he's such a loudmouth. But um, no, it's it's you're 100 percent right. It tells you a lot about the the people uh, that are uh, piling on him with uh, mean uh, social media posts. Um, I had a you know a I guess you'd call it a uh, altercation, social media altercation with a couple of people over it. Um, yeah, I mean the the the, the it's kids are are out of bounds and uh, usually spouses. Uh, but you know, let's, let's be honest, uh, the right, I think more than the left, but I may be wrong, uh, has this thing lately, uh, you know, you see it with, you know, the guys screaming in his face while he's talking to a kid when he's, uh, on the road somewhere. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's bad manners. And I think it tells you a lot about the anger and the, uh, lack of, uh, thinking skills of some of these people. And I, I don't want to paint the entire uh, conservative movement on, on these people, but they're out there and they're, uh, they're disgusting. I mean, look at Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, you know, she, uh, she put the, the, she was in some hearing and uh, showed uh, naked pictures of Hunter Biden. There was, there was absolutely yeah. for that. What about Donald Trump? When they, I remember this, uh, in the, I, maybe it was his first round of debates uh, in his, uh, uh, his only uh, presidency, or it might have been the second one, where he hired. It was yeah, it must have been the sec- the first one because it was against Hillary. And do you remember this? He marched in with a bunch of women that yeah, I actually like that. <laughs> I, I thought it was disgusting. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Why did you think? Why did you think it was disgusting? Because I don't think I really don't think the sex lives of politicians really mean well, anything. One of them, one of them claims, and by the way, received a settlement um, that that he raped her, Juanita Broderick, and I'm I'm Facebook friends with her, and I've actually had conversations with her about this, and I was just like, you know, and this is going back years, like I've known her for years now, and I was just like, listen, like, you know, that that's a really serious charge, but if you, if, it's if, not if, Hillary, it's not Hillary. It's, oh, it's, it's not Hillary. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So yeah. Okay. Hillary, if that's your, if that's your point, I'm totally with you. I'm totally yeah, with that's you. That's my point. Did you think that um I don't know how I, I don't know how I want to ask this. I, like a week ago, I was uh I was caricaturized because or maybe it was more than a week ago, maybe 2 weeks ago. Um when when Pierre Poilievre uh took off his glasses and wore a tighter shirt or whatever the fuck and I was basically saying, listen, if you were pissed off or annoyed or snarky or whatever about um, how the right 
slammed Justin Trudeau for growing a beard during the pandemic or for having really wavy hair. I don't think you should really be picking on uh, Poiliev for taking off his glasses or wearing a tighter shirt. Um, I still feel that way, but I'm wondering how you feel about that. I, it, I, I think it's, if you're going to go down that road, uh, sure, I wouldn't do it. I don't think I said one word about the, his changed look. I snickered to myself and just, you know, there's so much that we can, uh, you know, discuss and fight about, unfortunately. Uh, those I find that a, a lot, actually, with uh, political uh, postings, uh, when they get into the physical stuff or the stuff that really doesn't mean anything and it's got nothing to do with policy or or, or a person's or what they've done in their career. You know, it is what it is. I, I don't get upset about it. I just personally don't do that. I try to keep it... Uh, well, I'm sure I, there'll be people post shit that I did that don't conform to what I'm saying. But uh, I, I like I did once. Here's an example. I, I was on Instagram. I had a picture of Donald Trump and I was learning how to use where you could put the letters on. You know, I'm not, I'm not yeah. very computer literate. So I wrote, you know, traitor, narcissist, scumbag. You know, and I, I kind of regret that one because uh, there was really, it just was, it, there was no idea behind it. It was just a complete, even though some of it in my mind is true. Uh, I, I try to do be- a little bit better than, than that kind of argument. Did you have any, uh, or do you have any opinion on the way that the separation of Justin and, and Sophie Trudeau has been covered? Uh, I haven't seen a lot. I've just seen the stuff of the people that were. Uh Oh, well, ladies and gentlemen, um, Spenny once again has internet issues and here we are with just James DeFiori. I will like to, I would like to talk a little bit about the uh Justin Trudeau Sophie Gregoire separation. And uh here to join me is uh Spenny. Spenny. What's up buddy? Hi. <laughs> Hi. So we were talking about the the Justin uh Sophie separation. It doesn't interest me. I've been through a divorce. Uh, you apparently are separated or you've been through a divorce. I don't know. It's there's nothing fun about it or interesting about it to me personally. Let me ask you this um, because I actually surprised myself a little bit because I wasn't trying to be like really defensive over the prime minister. I was being really defensive over myself. I was like, I, I looked at the principle of like a couple separating and I applied it to myself and I was like, fuck everyone. Like, just like, don't talk about this in a way, if, unless you know personal details. And even if you do, maybe that's a better reason not to. I was very much motivated to, um, to tell the public, like, fuck off. Like, like, don't use this as one of your reasons to hate this guy. And I was just, I'm, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on that. Not. I, I first of all, I don't hate him. Uh, I, I'm not even sure uh, if I love him. I certainly, I, to me, it's 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 bread and butter, right? I have a child with a disability, and we, my family, was paying out of pocket uh, for all kinds of therapies that now the government's helping me with. 
Uh, I'm not so sure a conservative government that would happen. I don't know, but I, you know, I think it might not happen. So that's that's the sort of lens with which I view um, uh, uh, Justin Trudeau uh, and 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 liberal philosophy in general. They believe in social safety nets. They believe in all that stuff. I I I, I never I used to be quite conservative and singing a different tune for years, but now that's where I'm at and that's where I'm comfortable. But you have to remember one thing. Being Spenny on Kenny versus Spenny, I'm always attacked for things that aren't true. Like <laughs> trying to That's kiss true. Kenny in Amsterdam or sticking things up my butt. Well, those were true, but you know they were on a TV show. Uh, and there's just endless things that I get attacked with that have nothing to do with anything. Uh, so uh, I'm just kind of numb to all of that stuff, and it doesn't really interest me. You know, I I would block people that said I owed David Wolfish money, which is a gaslight thing that's been going on that Kenny started. People think I owe this guy ten thousand dollars, so I just block people when they mention his name. Wolfish has passed away, and uh, what really do you think it says? What do you think it says about us as a people, uh, as Canadians? When and look, look, I, I understand it's not it's not a majority of people or whatever, but like you know, um, it is a public forum. Places like Twitter and Facebook or whatever, X, and, yeah, X. Sorry, and you see, and you and you hear people, or you or you read tweets or X posts or whatever the fuck they're called now, and it's like, like, uh, so so I posted two pieces. One was about their separation, and one was about just a separation story that I had experienced. And there's these comments underneath it, and the comments are like, you know, their kids experience chefs and lear jets so it's not totally not the same thing or um this is a guy who uh who who marginalized people that didn't get vaccinated and said they that he hoped they would die so fuck him he never like, said that to my knowledge. no i know he never said that but like like you know what's a really weird thing is that i don't actually think justin trudeau is a very good prime minister i really don't i know a lot of a lot of you guys on crier uh think that and uh but 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 let me just finish that. I don't think he's a good prime minister, but I don't have this urge to just trash him for the sake of it. Okay, well here here's what I think about all of this, and everything's on a spectrum. So the U.S. is is uh, probably the British are the nastiest when it comes to tabloid just meanness in this in the media. Uh, United States is pretty bad, especially the Trump era, uh, and Canada is not as bad as America, but it's shifted towards. <laughs> towards bad yeah you know, so so we're seeing things you know i've always loved about canada the stuff that people make fun of us for like the politeness uh the 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 not completely insane greed and where your identity is based on how much money you earn i've always loved that about canada which is one of the reasons why i'm so uh anti you know uh the convoy well, the convoy is a bad example because i agree with a lot of what they said i just hated their methods uh, uh, but that's another story but uh we see a lot of the well, i mean i've even heard that americans are uh, money is being shoveled into uh polyev's campaign you probably know way more about it than i do uh that there is now a uh you know you know america like uh, tucker carlson made this documentary that didn't air because he got shit canned thank god uh, which was like, you know, we need to go invade Canada to to save them from Trudeau. I mean, this kind of rhetoric is just completely inappropriate. 
And I'm not surprised to tell you why, because let's be honest, most people don't read anymore. I don't mean you, obviously you're a writer and you're intellectual person, but the average person, they don't read anymore and they're never going to read because reading is a muscle. And once you don't really read, then you're really getting all your news in snippets, whether it's yeah. on television or on social media posts. So there's there's not much room for nuance. So, you know, it's not surprising to me that this generation that grew up that way is, uh, you know, very quick to insult even rap music. Sorry, I know you love rap music, but all that's about insulting the other person, the rap battles and all that stuff. It's like a thing and I don't see it going away, unfortunately. Well, it's a, but, but you're a comedian or, or, or a comedy actor or whatever you want to call yourself, but like, you know, comedy roasts and rap battles are pretty much the exact same thing. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I mean, yes, I, I, I completely agree. Again, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying that you see the stuff in the culture. It's not surprising that it's seeping into politics. Uh, and then, you know, I mean, Trump is, I, I'm so sick of talking about this guy, you know, I know, I know. you know, but the reality is he's quite possible. He'll be the next president of the United States, which is unbelievable. But you uh, know what? I, the, I, about a month ago, I was like, I will never predict oh, you can't anything predict that has to do with Trump. But now politics in general, it's not just Trump. It's it's completely unpredictable. Now I, I here's, here's what I think. Now I don't think Trump will, will make it past the primary. And if he becomes president, I think the states are done. <laughs> I think I think that a civil war will take place, and all the right wingers and the left wingers will fight each other, and the government will get involved and start drone striking Alabama and Mississippi and Southern Texas. Yeah, well, it's you know. funny. I saw a, gr a gr it was not a well made documentary, but it was on Prime Video, and it was about why people hate. And it was a black guy who uh, was the host of it, I guess, and uh, maybe the director. I didn't really, uh, but you know, it was very interesting uh, as he made his way through the United States. And and there's you know, the Civil War for a lot of people never ended, you know. Which yeah. in Canada, it's like what seriously? Uh, but they they haven't, and and a lot of those kinds of people have glommed on to Donald Trump. Uh, and yeah, I mean, my wife thinks there's going to be a civil war there. I don't, but who knows? Did you, um, so I, I got in a little bit of, not hot water, but, but there were people pretty critical of me last week because uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yes. Uh, requested a Secret Service detail yes. and was denied. Now, um, there's a couple of things I want to say about that. One is that Barack Obama uh, asked for a secret, a secret Service detail long before the 120-day uh, cut off uh, because if you're, if you're running for president, you are entitled to at least request a secret service detail when, when you're within 121 days or 120 days of the general election. Barack Obama, I think was 190 or something like that. Uh, RFK Jr. A lot more than that. I, I see that as, as, as I have, I'm, I'm of two minds of that. One is that he probably requested it a lot earlier than he needed it. Therefore giving himself the opportunity to raise money based on the fact that it was denied and so on and so forth. And the other mind is, is this, um, his father and his uncle both were murdered 
where he has probably seen the clips of both those people being murdered, his father and his uncle, like hundreds of times. And I'm kind of like thinking to myself, just give it to him. And that that's honestly what I thought. Just just give it to him. I don't give a fuck that he's an anti-vaxxer or that he thinks that autism is caused by vaccines or whatever other bad shit beliefs that he has. I'm just kind of like, he's a Kennedy. Just give it to him. Like, yeah. what is the political downside to just giving him a Secret Service detail? And and I got attacked like I was like Jordan Peterson or something. Yeah. You know? Well, who cares? But yes, I agree with you 100% given his family history. Uh, I don't know what the protocol is, by the way, uh, for uh, getting... Uh, I, I don't know nothing about it. So was he asking for something that was... He was he cute. was asking for a secret, and I'm going to bring in Douglas right now. Hey, Douglas, how are you, buddy? Douglas. Um, <laughs> Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was asking for a Secret Service detail as a candidate for president, uh, basically like 250 days or something like that before normal presidential candidates ask for a Secret Service detail, and he was asking it based on the fact that he was... Um, basically his family history but mm -hmm. i I, th I think that robert f kennedy jr not only his family history so you take his family history and, and and that is just a category in and of itself and then there's just like the fact that like what was it um was it was it reagan or john lennon that was shot because of the catcher in the rye john i don't lennon. remember which one it was john lennon it was john lennon okay like just having the name kennedy should just put you in a category like 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 almost like a, an existential category of maybe you might get assassinated because your name is kennedy and then the third category is just the fact that he's an anti-vaxxer and a lot of people really hate him because he thinks that vaccines cause autism and maybe people think that he's a fucking lunatic or whatever i think that not since barack obama have i have i seen a candidate as qualified for being um, worthy of a Secret Service detail as Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And I think people are saying fuck you to him because they don't like his politics. I think every student in the United States should be able to get security, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, which yeah, is my way of agreeing with you because it's so crazy down there. But uh, I don't like him at all. I don't like him at all. But I don't think he... <laughs> If he needs security, given his family history, I'd love to hear Douglas's take. That's I'm with you on. Douglas, that. go ahead. Oh, by the way, I love you, Douglas. Good to see I you. love you too. Yeah, it's so nice to see you, Ken. I just I love to see you. See you guys. It's so much fun. Thank you very much this morning for. Uh, oh, yeah. All that you and Paul said, I, I appreciate it. I do. That, that was like I said, it was a home run. It was Thank a you. home run. It was a beautiful article. Thank you. Um. Interesting topic. You know what? Uh, uh, until you guys were, I heard you talking about it, and I actually like walked in when you said he saw both his parents murdered, and I'm thinking, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so it took me. It was almost like listening to German, where I had to like listen for the verb at the end of the sentence. Oh, we're talking about yeah. RFK Jr. Okay, okay. Um, what you're talking about is something I've never actually thought about. To be totally honest, like. I mean, I, I can see a case like you guys are making, you know, family history and all that kind of stuff. And then I, I see the case, like you mentioned, Barack Obama, and when he was a candidate, 
they didn't give it to him either. Um, no, 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 they did give it to him when he was a candidate. When he was a candidate, uh, so so the, the cutoff is usually 120 days, and once 120 days, once you're outside a general election uh, from 120 days, you get a Secret Service detail if you're a, a presidential candidate. Oh, um, yes. And and Barack Obama received one well before that because there were obvious circumstances that 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 right. the powers that be deemed were um, legitimate enough for him to receive one before other candidates did. I am of the opinion that that RFK Jr. probably meets the same standard in a totally different way. Yeah. And and I'm thinking of things like um you know how like we're all keyword warriors now? Yep, yep. Like like we hear a keyword like free speech and we're like that guy's a right winger. He said free speech, but really it's a left-wing idea. I think we're we're we're, we're kind of in that world now. So when someone sees the word Kennedy and presidential candidate, I automatically think that he's like got an 80% chance more than the other candidates of being assassinated because of his last name. And I just think you should just give that guy enough protection. Even if he's like a fringe candidate, just give that guy protection. That, that's it, all it, I'm thinking. It, it it would seem to me in that sense, if there's anybody, let's say that's primed to have someone do either some type of copycat or here's a chance for glory. Right. Definitely. He would be the one. Um it's weird. I, I personally wouldn't have a problem with it myself. Uh, I mean, I don't get a vote and I'm not a citizen. Um, I don't see anything wrong with it. I th- I can see a situation though, because we're having another GOP clown car. I think there's like 13 candidates in it yeah. because or one of them like sitting around and, or like saying, Oh, wait a minute, you're giving him a detail. You're treating him. You're elevating him above us. And it's like, and that's not fair. And you know, you know, you know, Donald, would freak the fuck out at anybody getting any little bit of extra treatment because there's only room for one star in his sky. But but Donald, if someone were to put a gun to my head, they'd be like, who, who are the two candidates that you think should have a Secret Service detail before anyone else? I'd be like, RFK and Donald. Seriously. Donald, think- we might. I hate him as much as anybody else does. And that's probably why I, I would come to the conclusion that maybe he he needs a secret service detail before the people. One could make an argument. One could make an argument that Biden deserves one more yeah, than oh, anybody yeah. else. Considering, oh, I think Father Time is going to take out Biden before a sniper. No, no, but I mean, considering the plot against Gretchen Whitmer, I mean, oh, there's only been enough. one plot. Yeah. The plot has come to take out a Democrat, and there was. I mean, not only were they going to do that, they were going to blow out a bridge so nobody could come and get her. So, uh, sorry, what are you talking about? Gretchen, which the, Gretchen the, the wolf pack Michigan. or whatever, the wolf men or whatever like this, they had a plan also to blow up a bridge. I've been, okay, sorry, sorry. When did this come out? I've been away. I've been away. Well, this, this is the months oh, ago. Okay, I, ago. I don't know about this. Can you, can you was, please enlighten me? Um, okay, well, there was a plot that, that was discovered to uh, kidnap the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, and I guess torture her or do whatever they plan to do to Mike Pence to do oh, to her so that yeah, they could yeah, flip yeah. stuff. And uh, yeah, I remember now. Uh, yeah. Right. Now, How realistic was that? It, it was there. Are people arrested. There's a court case. Wow. It's, it, it's almost like it's like coots essentially. Right. I love not okay. knowing about that. I feel like they, really. Yeah. And they had a plan to blow, blow up the bridge and the current AG right now, Dana Nessel, because uh, the, um, the Republicans were wiped out completely in Michigan. 
right? So it's wow. like the Democrats have the control of the state house, the governorship, the the the, the state senate, and uh, mm-hmm. according to my my friend who does the What You Can Do podcast, your old pal Jake, he goes by um, Gretchen Whit- Whitmer went from being a Democrat to angry business lady, and she has just taken them all down. So the AG uh, uh, Dana Nessel apparently has just now charged someone who was running for the Republican nomination to be AG because he was at January 6th. (laughs) I mean, it's, you can't, you can't, Michigan in particular in the United States is completely F-U-B-A-R. Well, it's Ted Nugent's hometown, so we shouldn't be surprised. But what's, you know, what's dovetailing here really nicely is decency. Everything you've said today and I've said today about uh, the prime minister's wife uh, and being attacked or used politically uh, because of a separation. Uh, we don't I mean, it, it maybe makes for a bad podcast because we're all agreeing with each other. But I'm happy to uh, I like decency. I like I like politeness, I, which is weird coming from me, uh, considering the show I was on. But uh, honestly, uh, I, I think he should have. Uh, uh, protection because of his name. I agree with you. I think it's the decent thing to do. And sometimes you have to look beyond the politics. And I, I would be, if Donald Trump, as much as I hate him, was assassinated, I would feel bad. I really I would, would too. Yeah. yeah. I would He's too. He's a human being at the end of the day, arguably, maybe not. But uh, Well, what's interesting look, about what you just said is that um, it, there was a, uh, I, I was trying to look back over the last couple of days, because listen, like, I'm not a fan of Justin Trudeau. I don't think he's a very good prime minister. I think he's a little bit phony. I don't like a lot of his policies or whatever. I'm just not a vitriolic hater, right? Like, I just I just don't think he's a good prime minister. And I started to think back, like, um, I started to feel like I was defending him as if I was some sort of fanboy. And I started to, like, like I tried to review my 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 thoughts on other issues and everything like that and and i realized that i was actually really kind of cheap uh when it came to 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 trudeau i guess like maybe six months ago on the dean blundell show when i when i openly pondered whether or not before the next election justin trudeau would separate and come out as as a bisexual or a gay guy and I, 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 I literally did this, and it wasn't for LOLs. It was because I was just kind of like uh, playfully curious that maybe that was the case or whatever. And I regret that. I, I regret, um, first of all, I, I, there's so many reasons why I regret that. One is that it, it just feels cheap and stupid. Second of all, um, as a person who used to throw raves and have some questionable encounters during the after parties, I would hate to be outed by anybody. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and it just doesn't feel polite or decent or whatever. But then third of all, it's so irrelevant. It really is. Even though there's a small part of me, and I don't know if this is cynical or logical, but there's a part of me that feels that if Trudeau came out between now and the next general election, he would win in a landslide. It feels like I shouldn't even like share that thought with people because it's so irrelevant and 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 personal and I- invasive. It's so irrelevant. There, there, can I stop you? It's irrelevant to you. Unfortunately, 
Unfortunately, it's not irrelevant to many people. And it's shocking and it's shameful, but it's true. And we have fair to enough. terms with that. That's fair. Douglas? Yeah. Uh, you know what? The, the, I have a rule that before I have an opinion on something, I ask myself whether I need one <laughs> and right. whether he's yeah. by or not. <laughs> if he is, he'll tell us in his own time, and then I can have an opinion if I choose to have one. But until then, I mean, that, that so much wasted energy. Yeah. There's so much. I can understand the speculation and like, let's have fun with this. Right. Like there's a couple of jokes. Like, some is of it, them, can I ask you, Douglas, is it okay to, and I, I honestly don't know the answer to this because I, I, I'm not a gay man, um, but I'm wondering, is it okay, depending on the people who are having the discussion to pontificate and ponder and wonder about whether or not he has a better chance of winning if he comes out before the next election, or is that just fundamentally disrespectful? I would say that if there was something in the public domain, concrete enough that if there were whispers about that, that we had seen, and I mean like really concrete enough. Okay. Um, then yes, it's an area, an area for speculation. So right like, now, uh, then no. let's say, for example, it was John Baird we were talking about instead. Right. Right. I know so much about John Baird knows, that I can't even like comment right now. Where everybody <laughs> knows, but it's not, you know, or Lindsey Graham or whatever, right? Everybody. So Lady Bird? Maybe. Maybe not, right? But I mean, everybody's. Lady Johnson? But I mean, everybody's assuming now, right? Like, let's, yeah. let, let's just. Dude, I, I used to be a rape promoter. I, I've been at a couple of after parties where I'm very happy that smartphones didn't exist. Um, when, when I was the there. uncle that never married. I had an uncle that never married who lived with an older lady who loved cats. And, you know, when I was a kid, I couldn't figure it out. And then I grew up yeah. later and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's what you, that's what you did in the 70s. Okay. Um, so how would I put it? Um I, I, it, I don't really have anything to be totally honest. You know, that's it, okay. It, 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 it's it, if there was something concrete, then you ask about it. But given that it isn't, it really is. I have this thing that I say: um, people stating wishful thinking as fact. Mm -hmm. So you see a tweet: "Oh, he's getting separated now. Oh, well, he's done. It's over." Like yeah. you would like that to be the case, but I mean, but, there's let me ask you this, Douglas: If there was a sex tape that came out between, oh, sorry, 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 my sentence. There's only one other prime minister in Canada who was divorced while in office, yeah, and he got reelected. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, the reason why I ask you that question is because, uh, again, and I regret this because, listen, um. My mentor is Dean Blundell. Okay, three years ago, he took me under his wing. I did hundreds of shows with him, and then I did my own show. Mm -hmm. And he was a shock jock when he was a radio on CFNY. Mm -hmm. So we had discussions at the time, and it's not his fault, but I probably wouldn't have now. And I'm only bringing this up because 
Um, we talked about this uh, two and a half years ago about if Justin Trudeau came out, would he have a better chance of winning the next election? And I always said yes, right? He would. I, I think he would. But yeah. it would be... But it's, but, it, but it's impolite to talk about, yeah. even though I'm talking about it right this second. But if there was right? something out there that you can hang your hat on and say, like, come on, girl, just open the door. You got your hand on the knob, just turn and step out, right? If, you were, yeah. if that was that kind of situation, yeah, he probably would, but the election would probably be nastier than the next one is going to be on its well, own. Well, can I share something? Because yes. I had heard rumors about that with him a long time ago. So did I. The story that came with it was that we were so nice and uh, decent again uh, in Canada that they wouldn't use it. Uh, the conservatives mm -hmm. wouldn't use it against him. And I have to say, when you said what you said, James, about uh, if he did come out, that he would win the election partially because of that. That's wonderful stuff for me. Oh, yeah. I think that I would say so part. many good things about our country, actually. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I Yeah. Um, the, the, so yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong in in saying it. I guess a couple of eyebrows will go, you know. But there's, I mean, if that were the case, you know, or even if it was suspected, but I mean, yeah, uh, it, it's something I personally have never thought about because the thing with Justin Trudeau, there's also this trope, this conservative trope about him being effete, and you know, he does yoga and well. Gee, a guy who has hair that great can't be straight, right? Like this, and look at that butt—you can bounce a nickel off it. It was like nah. no straight man, no straight man has a butt like that. No fully straight man has a butt you can bounce a nickel off of. Come on. Well, that's true for me. I have like, so I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I have a black man's butt, so right. you could bounce a tray on my shit. But go ahead, Douglas. You know, and I then like, everybody, uh, Michael, and Michael Douglas. It's not yeah. Good. yeah, and then everybody referring to him as Justine. Yeah, you see a lot of that on Twitter and whatnot. So there's, I would be less inclined to go there given that climate, because yeah. they're already trying to build that narrative, and they don't need help. Yeah, but it's not. There's nothing. This is one of those things where people that are really the, the offended versions virgins will go oh my god how can you say that and everybody else will go well he said it i'm sure people are thinking it yeah, <laughs> you know, what's and what's really interesting and, and and um i wrote two pieces this week uh and they both got a lot of attention uh i think they both kind of i don't know what defines going viral is but i think they both kind of went viral at least the first one did about how we should just set this one out um uh, when we talk about justin and sophie and the other one was just about a separation story but um, the, the thing that really kind of like struck me the most was that um, the people that, that talked about what separation really is, including myself, hmm. we weren't really talking about Justin and Sophie at all. Mm -hmm. We were talking about just the general topic of separation and divorce. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I'm, I'm honestly not trying to toot my own horn. Uh, to be perfectly honest, whenever I write something personal, it's a little embarrassing and I don't really like to talk about it that much, but like, but, but I think that um, the right way to do that is to not make it about Justin and Sophie at all. Like when I wrote both of those pieces, I wasn't thinking about them. Right. They were the starting point that prompted me to write about that shit, right. but I wasn't thinking about them at all. I was thinking about my own situation or just the general 
idea of the shrapnel that people get hit with when they talk about separation and divorce. It's not tabloid for those of us who don't hate Justin Trudeau. For those of us who don't hate Justin Trudeau, it's just like a life chapter that we've all kind of dealt with. And I think that like, that is an important distinction between those of us who like, um, uh, you know, traffic in vitriol and those of us who don't. Well, it's a thing, right? When you look at, we're here in Canada, right? And we look at ourselves in the world and we're just Canada. You know, it's like the G7. It's like, we're lucky to be in the G7 because we're really 10, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you know? But when it comes to these types in the world, you have to understand that our prime minister right now is the longest serving head of state of a progressive nation of the big progressive nations. He's the one that everybody else is looking to around the world. And as much as the conservatives here like to bash him, he has a pretty damn good reputation around the world. This news went global, right? They're commenting about it on the view and everything, right? This is, again, when you think about the kids and you think about everyone, all the shrapnel, right? This is being so elevated. It's, like, first of all, getting divorced, one, getting divorced in public, two, getting oh. divorced when you're the head of state, three, the head of state of a G7 nation, and then a global celebrity. Douglas, let me ask you a question, because I don't think this question has been asked at all to anybody. Most people have a reflex that say that, like, it, 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 I'm including myself in this, until just, like, earlier today when I thought about it a little bit more and I was like, wait a second. Most people think that if you're a public figure and you're separated, that it's so much harder than when you're private. And I started to think of my own situation. I've been separated since April. And I kind of fucking believe, to be perfectly honest with you, that if I was a public figure, that my ex would be a lot more well-behaved than she is right now because it's it's public. So I'm just kind of curious what you think of that. That's one possibility, and the other possibility is Amber Heard, right? Yeah. We've seen both, and you never know in what situation, if someone's going to zig or is going to zag. And in 2023, with, hey, the worst thing that can happen, or the worst I can be, I can maybe go viral and make a career out of that. This is a different world. Yeah. Right. This is a real different world. Like before internet, maybe, but after. Hey, let's start my own little show. That's like, you know, especially with victim culture. Mm. Ooh. Uh, it, it's a diff- it's a different game. It's yeah. a different game. It's like when you were a teenager and all of a sudden there was three way calling and all that crap that new forms of bullying sort of came along. It's that. It's it's a different world. It's a different world. Now people, if you you can because I know people that try this stuff think that they'll never get caught and there'll never be a consequence. But there are, if you want, if you really want to be so petty and waste your life and fuel your own body with poison trying to get back at someone, I mean, we've seen revenge porn, right? We've seen people go on restaurant sites and destroy them through their Yelp. We've it's so 
easy now if someone is really determined, which is probably why it's a good reason to be decent. By the way, not yeah. go looking for people. <laughs> you know how value the, the 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 value of the high road is actually like it's so universal. So I'm going through a separation right now. I will not like. Um, I will. I will I'll spare you the details because uh, mm. first of all, I don't want to sound like the guy that's like uh, trying to make it seem like he's so much better than his ex, um, and I also don't want to sound you know whatever. Um, but but literally a, a universal truth is that if you take the high road with whatever conflict you're dealing with, you always win. You mm -hmm. never lose when you take the high road. Um, my my, my ex and I right now are in a separation thing. And uh, whenever she does something that I know is motivated by an urge to like make me feel negative or hurt me or whatever, I just shrug now. And you know what happens? I feel great. And she reacts as if something bad happened to her. And you know, the, you know what I do then? I act empathetic. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, but, but that's like, exactly it. And it makes me feel both like a dick in a way, to be perfectly fucking honest with you, but also like I'm right. Like I just want my kids to be happy. I, I want my kids to come over and know that when they're in this, um, you know, this residence, that they will never hear anything negative said about their mom. Mm -hmm. That's all I want for my kids. Mm -hmm. When they go back to their house, to be perfectly fucking honest with you, and, and I know that relatives of her watch this show, they hear her talk shit about me. And you know what happens? They come back here and they thank me for not talking shit about her. And you know what that makes me feel? It makes mm -hmm. me feel sad. You want to know mm -hmm. why? Because I don't give a fuck about winning. I give a fuck about mm -hmm. a mutual semblance of respect yeah. so the kids have something to imprint off of yeah and i'm fucking really really sad that my ex can't do that i don't give a fuck if this makes me feel like i'm being braggadocious but i'm the fucking good one in my separation i i do not talk shit about her i praise her to my kids and then all i hear from them is how mommy says this about daddy da, da, da. and it breaks my fucking heart because it's about them it's not i don't give a fuck what she thinks about me but my kids are really the ones suffering for it. Anyway, the thing with taking the high road, it's um, it's playing the long game. Yeah, it really. If is. you're thinking about your relationship with your children, game this out. Fifteen years down the road, if things remain constant, you continue being the you you are now, and your ex continues being the person that you're saying she is now. What happens fifteen years from now? They move in what with happened? daddy. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> yeah, but 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 it's not a competition or anything, right? It's just who do you want to be around? Yeah. Can I? Because can what I kind of energy this? do you want around you? Go ahead, Smitty. Can I just shift this a little because it's the yeah. same topic with politics? I I I don't know if it's a weakness that I have. I find it very difficult to take the high road on social media with mm -hmm. certain people uh, mm -hmm. that I encounter. And uh, I, I, I struggle with it only from an energy point of view, like I'm wasting energy. Yep. But I, I feel like that is the high road to stand up to these people. Uh, and I'm not talking about a, a swath of people, but the people that are rude, disgusting, ignorant, 
maybe I'm wrong, but I people think like, oh, spending, you know, you need to go outside. And no, I'm perfectly happy. In fact, when I do fight back with those people, I feel better. <laughs> so I don't know if that's counterintuitive to what you guys are talking about or because it's politics and not real, you know, life uh, like what James is talking about. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the difference. I don't know. It's how you do it, right? I'm, I'm, everybody says I'm nice, but I mean, if you actually look at my Twitter account, I'm pretty trenchant. I mean, Douglas is not even following me yet. Just to let you know, Douglas. No, you're not. I'm not. Well, then Elon disconnected us because I, I, I make sure I follow you. You never were. No, go ahead. Well, yeah, the true eager beaver is, but that, not Douglas. That, not Douglas. Oh, okay. I have to go check that. Yeah, um, and I have to fix that. <laughs> and I forgot what I was saying. Sorry. I don't give a fuck, but go ahead. I forgot we what I was saying. saying. Um, you were, we were talking about politics and uh, you know being mean uh, back to those people, and you were saying that oh, yeah, yeah. you're quite trenchant. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite trenchant. And, yeah, and I understand that in 2023, um, direct and clear interaction is often viewed as aggressive. Yeah. Especially online. Right. But look at look what's happening. Like what drives me crazy is this uh you know, obviously it's Trumpers, it's not Canada per se, uh, with this whole indictment that just happened. Yeah. And how the Republican politicians and 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 pundits are putting out these narratives as a test, a screen test for I don't know what or how they can measure what works and what doesn't work. But what they're saying is so totally full of shit. Yeah. Uh, You know, I I don't mind them saying they should go after Biden. You know, that's not that doesn't bother me. But when they say stuff, which is what they're saying, which is that this is a freedom of speech issue, when even the indictment said it's not a freedom of speech issue. It's what he did, not what he said. And they're just it's just mind-blowing to me because I know that millions of people are going to be, believe what they're saying. And it's so easy to prove that it's just nonsense. It makes me angry. It's such a, it's a, it's such a, uh, a vacant and uh, transparent tactic as well, because I, I'm a, I, I, I have an addiction and it's uh, well, I have several addictions, but one of them is frontline. Um, the, the documentary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and the, <laughs> And there is a uh, a frontline um, series of documentaries that deal with the Trump and Obama presidencies, where it's just like, you know, uh, when 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 Obama was first elected, the Republican uh, establishment literally went to a restaurant and decided, like, oh, yeah. a week into his presidency, that they would just like fight every single thing that he wanted to accomplish no matter what it was it didn't even matter they just said we're just gonna fight everything and it got to the point where he had to like fight back and as a black president it was difficult for him to fight back in fact um when the uh, i don't remember what shooting it was called but it was when the white supremacists went into the church i think it was in alabama and 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 shot a bunch of people and he went to a methodist church and did this speech um, I fucking bawled during that speech because Obama was not president anymore. He was out of his presidency for like two months or something like that. And it was like the first time he was able to actually be a black leader. 
to the fullest. And he was like, and he sang Amazing Grace. And then he named all of the people that had died in that that mass shooting. And I fucking bawled. I, I bawled because, not because I'm some sort of like crazy progressive or whatever, but I bawled because of the truthfulness behind the sentiment of this man talking to us about something that is so obvious that he wasn't able to express as president because, you know, as a black president, as the first black president especially, is very difficult to 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 identify yourself with like a sort of black minority or whatever. But watching truth like that is so powerful. And 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 we get away from this uh in 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 a, in a present in in our present uh sort of climate in especially politically where we 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 don't have leaders that um not only do they not express themselves in that sort of authenticity but they almost can't because they have bases that rely on them to like toe the party line or to like say something more universal that's easier to accept and we're in a very tricky place right now as far as our our era of polarization goes where we need a leader that can bridge both sides but the farther we go on this weird political experiment the less likely it is to have a leader that could actually do that and, and I'm very much afraid of, of what the next 10 years have in store for both of our countries, yep. United States and Canada. Yep. Me too. Absolutely. Yep. That was at the Mother Emanuel Church in South Carolina, I believe, in Charleston. Yes. But yeah, the, that amazing race moment. That was, yeah. Is, oh. this, is this narcissistic or arrogant for me to say that, like, I think I'm reasonable? I think I can uh, identify someone who disagrees with me that has an argument. Uh, even something like abortion, I'm 1000% pro-choice, but if you're a legitimately religious person or whatever, uh, but I find, uh, a lot of stuff, mostly on the right, I gotta be honest, uh, appalling. It's, it's, it's appalling. And I don't know how to, how to deal with the anger. I feel the hopelessness that James was just talking about. And I do, I I do worry. I've got kids and, you know, I worry about what kind of world they're going to have. And uh, I don't really have much to say other than I have these feelings. I I let them out on my social media. I enjoy doing that. But uh, can I give you one piece of advice, Benny? Sure. uh, I I don't remember what tweet it was. Um, I'm sorry. I I could go look it up right now, but I'm not going to. But um, but, um, I I find that when, uh, let's take it off you for a second. When anyone makes a declarative statement about progressives or conservatives, and sort of like using language that makes it seem like they're all like this or they're all like that. I think um, you lose at least half the people when you do that. I try and not to do that, but I'm sure I've made mistakes and done it. You did, you did one thing. You're like, I can tell you, you said something like, I can tell you're a conservative because you said this. It was something like that in the last 24, oh, 48 I said, hours. What I said was maybe, again, oftentimes what you say. Uh, and what you mean are two different things yeah. based on your ability to communicate and the emotions behind it, how much time you have to think it through. Uh, but what I was trying to say is that fundamentally, for me personally, and maybe that's what I didn't say, uh, that conservatism is sort of mean-spirited. It's generally unempathetic. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and I know this because I was I, I lived in the States. I was like listening to all the right wing radio. I was caught up in and I was making lots of money and uh, I sort of latched onto it. So I feel like I know what I'm talking about. Uh, and I can see why as someone who's conservative, um, I might not be talking about all conservatives. And I think that's what you're saying. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, make it clear. And I try to do that, but I'm sure I've made mistakes. Because I know a lot of conservatives. Sorry, Douglas. I, I really quickly. I know a lot of conservatives that really hate those kinds of conservatives that you're talking about. I know a lot of those people. Hmm. Yeah. The, the so, go ahead. On, on social media, like unless you're writing on Facebook and you can have a whole thread, like if you're on Twitter, not I know people have threads, but if you assume that some people just want to wait one tweet, I can save it to 200. If you say, okay, some conservatives, but not all like this, you know, some white people, but except for these people, except for the, you'll never get to the damn point. At some point, you got to use some freaking shorthand. <laughs> Come on. Let's, let's, let's just assume by default, it's not all conservatives, unless there's something else in the tweet that makes it, oh, you're the person that you're the type of person that paints everybody with one broad brush. Okay. Right. Yeah. Thank you. But like, come on, man. Yeah. No, that's, that, 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 that's I, I fair don't enough. Care. I don't care whether I offend people. That's part of my personality. I, I but, think. To, to me, a- those are the offended virgins, right? When you do something, it's like, not all white people, not all yeah. black people, not all men. Yes, of course, not all men, but I got 280 freaking characters. So, like, come on, man. <laughs> not Figure all out. heteroflexible people at raves on ecstasy. Oh, wait, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Except for the ones who take ecstasy with a combination of speed or the ones that are taking K. They're not cool, but the other ones, they're fine. <laughs> right. like, uh, oh, Doug- Douglas, man. you're in charge. Oh, wait, <laughs> Spenny's got to go. Fuck. Spenny, do you have two oh, minutes? I was trying to do that subtly because last Spenny. time you said to me, Spenny, you got two minutes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Give me one second. Okay. Okay. He's gone somewhere. Okay. Oh, I, hey. uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Grizzly, uh, Paul, uh, on our show, yes. uh, played two of the tracks that you had recorded. Yes, I did. Okay. I, I listened to them. So yes. Dude. Oh, my word. Yeah, that's very nice of you. I played today. Holy cow. I played a bar today. Um, to me, the something happens when I record. Uh, and Paul and I are working it out, hopefully in the future, where... It just doesn't sound right to me. I know you've never heard it or you didn't know I could play. I'm not I'm not making excuses for myself, but for me, who's been playing for so many years, it yeah. just sounded it sounds very tinny and not acoustic. And I don't know yeah. what why that is. But anyways, thank you. But I get that part, but your fingers. Holy crap. Holy crap, because there are the bars. <laughs> Right. And then there's everything between those bars. And I do not know how fast your damn fingers move, but oh my God, there was so much going on. Yeah. Well, I've been doing it it, for a long time. But it's, it's intricate and interesting. And you really have to like put your ear out because there's so much going on and so much you, you, you're able to pack so much. Yeah. Well, it's a syncopation with the harmonica. I know. Just, yeah. it, it blew my mind. Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. And but I, I love talking about it, to be honest. Let's yeah. move on. No, no, no. And, and I, I, I love the blues. I, I can't say that, you know, like I'm I'm knowledgeable and, you know, but oh, yeah. in my household growing up, yeah, like, like there was blues. I was weaned on it, right? It's music that speaks to me. So, um, Ooh man, that I was. I played good. a bar. I played a bar today. It was a matinee show, one to four, and with some guy sitting there said, "Do you know any Lightning Hopkins?" You know, and he's like my favorite. No right. one ever has asked me to play. Right. You know, they played the Stones, played the Beatles, so that was kind of fun. 
but thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's, uh, yeah. And our, our friend Jake, who was there too, really loved it. He said, uh, when there's an album, let me know. I'm buying that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a recording artist. I'm just a live performer. That's what I love to do. You might want to capture a live performance then. Thank you. How, how do you and Paul, how did you get together? And uh, did you, Have you known him for a long time? I don't really know you guys very well. No, uh, no, it was really, really out of the blue. Um, my uh, True North Eager Beaver started as a blog on Facebook. So okay. it's, it's about like 10 years old. And a friend of mine, uh, uh, one about like two years before COVID, because uh, we talk politics and go, wow, it's like the way you explain it, it's so interesting. You should really do a podcast. And it's like, there's nobody that wants to hear some dizzy old queen do, <laughs> do a podcast well, about yeah. politics, right? Uh, and then COVID came around. Right. And, um, you know, anything performing kind of just, if you were gathering, it didn't happen, right? right. We were two weeks, I was two weeks from opening uh, a lead in a play and I had my next four shows lined up and uh, all gone uh, overnight. Uh, so my world stopped on a dime. My Mine partner too. was doing a PhD. He, he kept on writing, but my world stopped on a dime. And I figured, okay, let's try that out. So I was trying to get in with uh, the university radio at, uh, at Queens to try to, to, you know, get in and do some training. And then Queens in Kingston? Yeah, in Kingston. I live in Kingston. I didn't know you lived in Kingston. <laughs> ah, oh, cool. I played a bar in Kingston today. Oh, my God. I've been here for 11 years now. Uh, uh, eight now, I think. Nine? Eight, nine? Going on nine? Yeah. What? Who, you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Weird. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no I, I met a boy and moved for love. Yeah, there you uh, go. Okay, well, then we have to go have a drink sometime or something. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Um Yeah. Where do you go drinking here? Um, <laughs> a weird broadcast, but okay. Yeah, I yeah maybe after the podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, so I didn't think that there was uh, any market for it, and then uh, because of COVID, I could never get in with the orientation one. It was taken forever, right. and then um, Paul was doing these little snippets on on Twitter where he was talking, and I was like. I like what this guy's saying and I like his vibe. He's like, you know, that, that cool. What stuff. a voice too. Yeah. What a voice. Both have great voices. Yeah. yeah. And I was sitting there and I was thinking, well, you know, and, and, I, and I knew he had had he did a jazz show because I was listening to him, but it, only when I saw him do his video, it's like, damn, of course he's producing a jazz show. He's got the equipment. Cause I saw the sound stuff and I just wrote him. And I said like, hi, um, can I sort of like rent your equipment? And he says, well, no, I kind of need it to do. No, 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 no. I mean, like you record like this and I rent, I pay for your services because I want to try and get this out. I said, and I explained him what my concept is. And I says, unless you want in on it. And he like, he took like 0.7 seconds and said, yep. And boom, wow. marriage is so, I, I didn't know him from Steve. And where does he live? In Ottawa. He's in Ottawa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, my old, my old, old town. So, okay. um, so yeah. So actually, we didn't know each other. I, I, it was a, a, on a pure whim, yeah. based on I like your style, and I, I would just like I said, I was just going to rent his services, and then they said, "Well, you know, you want to be in," and it, and it's just worked. This is one of the great things about the digital age. You know, you can make that happen. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, it it was it was kind of weird too, though, because at one point it's sort of like, um. How would I put it? Uh, this was all mine, right, for 10 years. 
and then we're doing a podcast. And when we started before we were doing video and whatnot, we were only putting out one a week and everything was scripted, you know, and we had a little shtick going on and, you know, and, but then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, we got to do some YouTube stuff. And that was weird because, you know, putting my voice to my own words, it was just my words written, but my voice to my words is one thing. Now I'm putting my voice. He froze. Oh my God. Am I on? Someone tell me in the comment section if I'm on because uh, Douglas froze. Uh, the host took off. I have no idea what's going on. Can anybody hear me? Please answer in the comments. You're good. That could be something else. All right. I'll just sit here. You're there. Is that Ellen? Are you talking to me? Did I freeze? I, I'm, I'm, Douglas is frozen. Okay. And okay. There's yeah, Douglas is frozen. So I'm going to, I'm going to remove him. Sorry. Was he frozen for like the whole time that you no, were there? No, 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 Just, just recently. Oh, but okay. anyways, I, I, I private chat texted you that I had to go. Oh, okay. Because the last time you said to me, oh, Smitty, uh, don't say you have to go. I'll, 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 I'll take care of it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote it, you read it. And now you're talking about how we don't like that, but that's okay. And then you took off on me. <laughs> Spenny, thank you very much yeah. for joining us today, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right. Have a good one. Um, it's just uh it's just me and if Douglas is is there. Look, look, Douglas, you're a blank. Oh, wait, Douglas, there you are. Douglas. Yeah, sorry about that. Like, uh, I might have a delay for a bit as uh, things keep loading up on my computer, but everything yeah, just shut down. Oh, that's okay, buddy. Um, I don't know what you and uh, Spenny talked about while I was gone, but uh, I'm sure it was invigorating. Say something. Now you're... Uh, oh, you're uh, slow motion. Uh, oh, that's weird. We talked... Uh, the blues first of all because i do um <laughs> hearing me yeah you're good, really? now. You're good uh, now. so just yeah. I, I froze on my screen so i don't know if the audio came through no it's good um okay so we were talking about his blues we found out we lived in the same city and he was sort of asking how paul and i got together oh how did you paul how did uh you and paul get together <laughs> you might have to roll back the tape it might be boring for the viewers no say it again Ah, darn. Uh, I was looking, uh, I, I had, True North Eager Beaver started as a blog I had for a couple of years, and a friend of mine said I should do a podcast. I figured nobody would want to hear somebody like me do a podcast on politics. Then COVID happened. Being a performer, my have stopped on a dime, so I thought, okay, maybe let's try to do that. And I was trying other avenues, and it didn't work. And then one day, I saw Paul do a ASM uh a morning chat thing and I saw the microphone and whatnot and was like, ah, oh, well, of course I listened to his jazz shows. So I was going to hire a, him. You guys have a yin yang. That's really good. Yeah. I guess. And then I said, do you want in? And he said, yeah. So all of us, rather than just produce, we, we, we went in. Yeah. And what I was telling Kenny is I, I was a little, it was a little weird at first because like for 10 years, this was my baby. And now all of a sudden, you know, and we were writing scripts at first, which was fine. But when we started doing live, all of a sudden it's like, I realized I don't have time to write a script every day. I have time to write notes and specific yeah. things, but a full script like we were doing, I can't, which means that he's bringing 
more stuff forward. So the yeah. content was pretty much all me. And now he's contributing more to the content. And I'm sitting there and it's like, ooh, do I want to let go of my baby? Do I want to let go of my brand? Because this is not what I was. It was really just my voice. So learning how to make room for another voice. And it's like you're not just the sidekick. But like if you've got an issue you want to bring up, bring it up. If you have a guest that you think would be good as well. Yeah. Uh, but the first time he said, hey, I've got three guests I want to bring on. I was like, my everything went on. I was like, hey. Yeah, he's. Do I trust trust this? And I said, you know, and I didn't let him know I had any hesitation whatsoever. It's like, but inside, it was everything was like, ah. (laughs) I was like, okay, uh, I listened to that. (laughs) I listened to you guys this morning, and um, I I I called Paul earlier today, um, actually to get your number. Uh, I'm surprised I don't have your number yet, but um, I was uh, I I I I told him there was three reasons why I called him. One of the reasons was because. He read a piece of mine. Mm-hmm. This is totally unexpected on your show yeah. this morning. Yeah. And I told him um, when I wrote the piece, I wasn't really impacted by it. I just kind of wrote it and posted it. But then when he read it, I I, I was on my uh, back deck. I was having a smoke. For some reason, I smoke cigarettes still. And, um, and I was listening to him say my words. And it impacted me. It made me feel like a little verklempt. Um, even though I wrote those words, hearing them back, hearing those words come back to me, especially in Paul's voice, was, uh, you know, emotional. Uh, it, it, it was, it was kind of weird. And, uh, you know, and I wasn't sure if I liked it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I'm a little uncomfortable, but yet at the same time, I'm very much impacted emotionally by, by, by what's happening right now. Yeah. And uh, it started to make me think about how it's not really your own voice that, that it shouldn't be your own voice that you react emotionally to. It's okay if it's your words, but when it's someone else reading your words, it's a whole different ball game. You know well, what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Yeah, well, it's it's how you got a glimpse into how the words you wrote and you had an intention and a voice, how other mm. people hear it. Because yeah. he didn't so he didn't just like turn around and read and so today in the news no 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 like he read it with in, with intention. Yeah. Right, putting emphasis, slowing down, speeding up at certain spots, you know, and putting emotion where where it was required or what he felt you might have been conveying at that point, but what he perceived. So, mm. I mean, it's your words and it's his emotional interpretation based on what he understood for himself, your words to be. Yeah. And there might be some things different in there that you didn't intend to put in there, but you're hearing. And I'm sure like 15 different people could read it back to you and you would get something different out of each one because everybody would put emphasis on what impacted them reading it back to you. Yeah, but it's that probably that, that's text. that's accurate. Um, it, it it felt good. It felt uh, vulnerable. It felt uh, strange all at the same time. But it but it was good, and it was weird because um, I had just come off a trip. So I, I was in the UK uh, for I guess ten days, and then New York for uh, three days. I want to hear all and, about. And uh, in New York, I I, I ended up uh, linking with 
uh, a woman. She's 31. Mm-hmm. Puerto Rican. But she happens to be the daughter of a colleague. Why am I sharing this? Wait a second. No. <laughs> no. Uh, nothing happened. Um, but there was obviously some sort of chemistry between me and her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and what was really interesting about it is that I, I had spent 10 days in, in London and, and absolutely had no um, humanistic, meaningful uh, experience with any other human being while I was there. And okay. then I went to New York and I and and I rendezvoused with this person and immediately it was like we were engaged with one another and 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 by the way when I say engaged I don't mean like I was like hey how were you like no. I was I I I my game is that my thing is that I don't have a thing I don't have a, I don't have a game I, I just like whatever I am with, with Douglas right now, that's the way I'm going to be with you at uh, the bar at the Kimberly, Bastango, which is the downstairs bar to the hotel that I stayed at, at the Kimberly. And by the way, the Kimberly Hotel, if you ever go to New York, go to the Kimberly because they have a balcony. So if you happen to smoke cigarettes or weed, you don't have to go down to the lobby and go around uh, the corner. You can just go on your balcony and it's fucking awesome. Okay, good to know. And, 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 and I, I sat there with this person and... It was really interesting because I didn't walk away thinking that I was in love with her or that there could be some sort of like weird thing between us or whatever. I walked away really thankful that I was able to spend time with a very attractive younger woman and just keep it about um, brass tacks. Like, it, like there was no like... Mm-hmm what are you doing later on or or anything like that? There was no like weird thing. And, um, it made me feel human again, Mm. you know, like, like I, I live in a forest. I I don't have many opportunities to be social with people and being social with like, especially someone from the opposite sex in a way that there is no, uh, you know, expectation of flirtation or, some sort of like weird vibe or whatever, where it was just like everyone's just being themselves and it was still really cool. Oh, fuck, Douglas. I, I really like, I appreciated that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know who you sound right? Sound like, right? Who? Paul. Really? <laughs> I went to the bar and there was this gorgeous girl here and I was talking to him like, oh, you old oh, dog. Man. No, no, I didn't do anything. And it was like, thanks. I mean, she could have been my daughter. We just had this really stimulating conversation. It was a nice time spending company and a beautiful lady. having with no. Well, but, but, but when I say it, I'm motivated by the fact that normally I would have sex with that person like 10 minutes later, but I didn't this yes, time. And it was awesome. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. It, it's, it's really cool to... The, I hear you when, when you, when you make a connection with someone uh, in a, in a certain sense, and there's nothing like that. Like for yeah. me, um, one of the things is, uh, you know, being a gay man, like cause I have lots of gay friends. Um, but for the longest time, like a really close straight guy friend, because there's some, sometimes hard to come by. <laughs> uh, yeah. To be totally honest, um, you know, I, I, you know, I cook and I can arrange flowers and stuff like that. But every now and then, I like to watch a hockey game, and it's like I don't know another gay person who likes to watch. It. <laughs> right? Oh, really? 
like yeah like the olympics you know we're playing for the gold medal i'll go out and grab a couple of beers and i'll watch that like this and i douglas is a top ladies and gentlemen he's a top (laughs) (laughs) and i got no one to watch with uh so and then uh i did this play a couple of years ago uh not a couple couple years ago yeah maybe one or two years ago Uh, and we went at the audition there was this guy that was there and we were reading against each other. And at one point I was delivering the lines and it was his turn again. And like, and nothing came out. And he was like, Paul, that's you. Different Paul. And uh, yeah. and the guy turns around and says, oh my God, I'm sorry. I, I, that was just so good. I didn't know. And that has never happened to me before in my life. I've never been auditioning against or with another person who was like so impressed with my performance that they were stopped. Uh, yeah. Which was kind of weird. Uh, but it was like, I like you. (laughs) Of course. Uh, And like, we just hit it right off. Um, Like Paul, brother from another mother, uh, love him to bits. Hopelessly heterosexual. Yeah. Hopelessly heterosexual. What does that Um, mean? Hopelessly heterosexual. Like not heteroflexible? It's like there is, there, there is like not even 0.002 to like not even hopped up on any every drug in the world <laughs> with this yeah, listen person. i probably shouldn't admit this in public but like if, if 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 you and i were in the same room and i was sober i'd be like i am a straight man douglas but if i did a hollywood line of cocaine and you showed me your dick and it was sizable i'd be like <laughs> well now that i know what it takes no but i'm just saying like like for a lot of people it, it, it i find that strange actually that we, drugs we, make some people like heteroflexible right we, we have a does. joke in the, we have a joke in the gay community what's oh the what's the joke between, see i want to know this joke what's yeah. the difference between a straight man and a gay man cocaine <laughs> two dime bags and a beer <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, it's so true. It's so true. It's such a. It's, it's a weird thing. And, and you know what? It's it's hard for most men to admit that publicly. But like like straight up, like I I was a rape promoter, and 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 whenever I whenever it was seven o'clock and I was setting up the event, I was like, well, obviously I only like vaginas. It's crazy. But then if you fast forward to one o'clock and I had like a half a gram of coke in me and a molly, I'd be like, well, obviously I'm heteroflexible. I'm at a rape. <laughs> I'm at a rape. Exactly. <laughs> Two, four, six, eight. Is your boyfriend really straight? So, I'm, <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it if she tells me to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where's your finger? Not there. Oh, 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 oh wait a minute. That's kind of nice. Keep doing that. You know what's <laughs> fucking weird? You know what's fucking weird? I, I grew up in Whitby, Ontario, and and honestly, the shit that we are talking about right now, if I was in front of all my friends that are from Whitby, Ontario, they would all be like, fag, fucking fag, and all that kind of stuff. And and it still is a weird, I don't know how to explain it, like a, like a thing inside of me where it, it stops me in my tracks. Um, like... I, I'm not a bisexual male. I, I'm probably heteroflexible when I'm high on narcotics. Like I will totally admit that to you. But even admitting that to you, like I can, I can feel and hear the yep. kids that I grew up with calling yep. me like the F word. Yep. 
and me like feeling shameful about it. But really at the end of the day, I don't even like those people. You know what I'm and saying? Why like, would you take criticism from people from whom you would not take advice? Right? That's the thing. And you know what's really fucked up is that my... my, my <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you this. My ex-wife is, is trying to use my, my hetero flexibility against me in my separation situation uh. or whatever. When I'm just like, what does that have to do with anything? And even her lawyer has like emailed me and said that it doesn't mean anything but she's still making it seem like i should be embarrassed because i can admit in front of the public that while i i like like i would never french kiss a guy right mm. i would never cuddle with a guy i don't think i could ever fall in love with a guy ever i over all of those things you give me like a gram of cocaine i might blow a guy and I don't give a fuck. Blowing on I, blow. I, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> because we it's 2023 and 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 the only people that care about that are people that I don't really want to associate with. So let your freak flag fly, baby. No, I can't do that because that'll be <laughs> very very me- <laughs> repression makes think people do weird crap. <laughs> I keep on saying it. Repression. If I let my if I let my free flag fly, I, I I won't get a job again in in, in any city. <laughs> Just the way it is. How many porn names have I had with, with in, on your show? Oral Roberts is my favorite because I because in my mind it was Oral Bob. Oral Bob, yes. Oral, Oral Bob. Bob. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Oh my god! I love it! I love it! I love it! I love. Tell me more about your trip. Tell me more about your trip. Um, London was good. I interviewed a half dozen ex Plymouth Brethren Christian Church members for the book Mm -hmm. uh, that I'm writing. Uh, New York. I I went there. I I I had to meet a couple lawyers for a couple things that I can't really get into. But Mm -hmm. I was also able to meet the daughter of a colleague of mine, which is the person that I I I told you about. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny because she has a tumultuous relationship with her father, who I'm friends with. She's Mm -hmm. 31. He's 62. I'm 47. So I'm between the ages of both of them. Mm -hmm. And um, we connected. Tell me if you think this is bad. We connected on our mutual understanding of how unreasonable her father is. <laughs> I know. I hope he's not watching. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> he's, he's dead asleep. Oh, my word. Um, it's only a little bit terrible in that the fact that you're doing business. <laughs> But hey, we so, all do but, business. We we all do business with people. Do you want to know the truth? Here, 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 here's the truth. And and I and and I'm saying this thinking that he's not watching. The truth is, as soon as she came up to the uh, the table, I, I had texted her on WhatsApp and I was like, I, I'm uh, I'm wearing a black or sorry, I, I have a shaved head and I'm wearing all black because I was wearing black pants and a black shirt. Oh, gee, and she was like, I'm wearing black shorts and a black shirt, and I'm like, okay. So then she came up to the table and I stood up 
And this is weird because she's she's a Puerto Rican from Brooklyn. Sorry, from the Bronx. And we shook hands, but then gave each other a double cheek kiss as if it was like normal. Right. As if we both normally did that. Right. And then I found out later that neither of us ever did that. We just did that at that time. And 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 we were we 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 sat down. We all wanted to get close real quick. Well, listen, I I'm a recently single male. She's she's a 31 year old Puerto Rican British chick, and I was just like, and I literally said to her, I I, I looked at her I, I, after like a half an hour of chit chatting, I was like, you're very lovely, like like you're you're really lovely, but I'm a lot older than you, and I just want to let you know right now that if you talk to your dad, I totally respect you. Like I was joking around with her kind of thing, <laughs> and she looked at me and she was just like, well that's disappointing, and I was like. <laughs> I could have sometimes. So when we said goodbye, <laughs> I, when we said goodbye, I told her, I was just like, I'm going to go back to my hotel room. You're going to go back home. And that's going to be that. But I just want to let you know that like, like uh, as a you recently separated night. male, this was great. This interaction was, was awesome. It, like I don't have any, whatever. And, and she, she pulled me close. She gave me a little peck on the lips and she smacked my butt. And she was just like, I'll see you next time you're in town. And I said, okay. Oh. And I was just like, this is dope. Like, yeah. You know what that means. I think it means that I'm probably going to like have a good time next time I go to New York, but I could be wrong. Yeah. But you know what, Douglas? You know what's more important? It's like, I know you're going through something right now, so I'm okay. Yes. Yes, exactly. Because what's more important is that, and someone else uh, brought, I, I went to the coffee shop, uh, in my in the town that I live near, Barry's Bay, Ontario, about I don't know six weeks ago or something, and I had just uh, started the, with the online dating shit, and and I just finished my jokes about how I swipe left on everybody, and someone was like, "Why do you swipe left on everybody?" And I was like, "Cause they're online dating. I I, I can't respect anyone that online dating." So I'm just <laughs> so the only reason I joined Tinder was to swipe left because I didn't respect anyone that online dated. But but then I went to a coffee shop and there was a girl there there named Jessica and I and I looked at my phone and it was her and she was about to like give me my large cappuccino and I swiped left on her and I looked at her and I was like I just swiped left it on I, I just swiped left on you and she's like why I was like because you're online dating I I, I can't <laughs> I can't deal with that shit so she started laughing because she got the joke which is like obvious that I would just swipe left forever because everyone's online dating. And uh, and then you know what she said to me, to her credit, I can't date you. And I was like, oh, why? She's like, because I just read your article about eating all the Adderall, and you're at least a year away from being able to date anybody. And I was like, fucking right, thank Dang. you. You just totally put me in my place. Dang. So yeah, so she's dope. So now she's like one of my good friends. You know, like like a, like a platonic friend. You know what yeah. is the most important thing? I don't know if you know this as a gay man. This might be something that you might not know. Um, but as a straight man, the most important relationships that a straight man can have, in my opinion, are platonic relationships with straight women that are really attractive. Mm-hmm. Where it's well, legitimate and authentically platonic. Not yeah. like you're in the friend zone or whatever, but when you are just like, I only see you as a friend, hot, hot ass chick. And they're like, yeah, same to you. Those relationships are invaluable. Mm-hmm. You know, they're Absolutely. priceless. 
and, and that's the thing with me with the, the yes girlfriends i have right that that's and that's yeah. never been a problem throughout my throughout, throughout my life i guess but actual you know straight guy friend that's you know like you know people ask right you know can a man and a woman actually be genuine friends right well yeah. some, i guess can a gay guy and a straight guy actually be genuine friends or is the gay guy always waiting for the day that it will happen right secretly pining well you know will the will the gay guy at one one day make a move i, I remember having a some guy tell me once you know when we were talking about being friends i sort of like well you know like so just so much as like you don't make a move on me at some point and it's like okay that's a fair deal but the other side of that deal is like um when you get drunk one night and your girlfriend hasn't put out you don't look at me and say uh would you because yeah. it's, it's a two-way street okay yeah and this guy was like totally like I never thought of that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It works both ways. So um, it's like, I promise not to do that, but you promise not to do that either. And we'll be cool. Okay. So <laughs> can, can I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah. Before you came out, did you, have you ever been with a woman? Nope. Double gold star. Never been in or out of one. Have you ever had to refuse a woman that was into you? Uh, very few women have been into me, to be totally honest. Okay. Uh, I th that's why I always it strikes me when I'm as an adult. Uh, a lot of people don't figure out I'm gay unless I tell them or I make it obvious or like I'm with my partner, what not? Which I find because you look like Saddam Hussein. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Saddam. Saddam. <laughs> I figure I have it tattooed right here. It's like I am a big freaking poof and a flamer. Okay, right. Okay, and, just, and, just and, for those and, that that are that are keeping score at home, I still believe with every ounce of my being that if Douglas wanted to, he could be the world's most famous and richest Saddam Hussein impersonator. Douglas, take it away. <laughs> and I keep on telling them it's like a soap opera. You know, when you have the evil twin, I'm the long lost good twin. I'm set them. <laughs> I don't want to blow people up. And I don't want to <laughs> give me a surfboard or something. I'll be that kind of radical. You keep on throwing me off track and I forget. Sorry. You make me laugh and I forget what it was I was saying. <laughs> I don't know what we were talking about. You were talking about an ex. Uh, talking about an ex. An ex. Talking about an ex, uh, a straight girl that may have been into you? Oh, yes, yes, yes. You asked me if, uh, if there had yeah. been somebody that, that, that was into me. So, um, yeah, I always assumed that I had it tattooed, so I didn't really get many offers. But I remember in high school, um, when I was in grade nine, there was a girl in grade 13 that I'd struck up a friendship with. Uh, I was completely oblivious, completely oblivious. And at one point I got this letter from her it was like, I don't know what it is. I keep on saying like this, but you keep on like not reacting. And I was like, you you have to understand, like when you said like your game is no game, my game is you literally have to grab me by the ears, look me in the eyes and go, I want you or else I will not get it. I am clueless. <laughs> right? And when I'm interested in someone, I stand about like 500 meters away around the corner 
and sort of like just like peer and go, look at me, look at me, look at me. And then someone looks at me and then I look at, I look at my, t- I look at my shoes. She was like Deborah Messing, right? And then they look at my shoes and then I go home and write my diary about what I would have done. Ever since <laughs> so, I mean, I've just, <laughs> I have. Was she, was she, was she Deborah Messing? Is that the idea? <laughs> <laughs> well, it could have been. Was there, was there a little Will and Grace happening? Yeah. Well, I, I guess so, but but I didn't like I didn't clue in that she was into me until she wrote me that letter, and it was like, oh. oh, right. And there was one girl later on that I noticed in the, who was in grade nine when I was in grade twelve who was interested, but I I just I I did not feed that. I had one girlfriend for three months. Um, she was the perfect man. <laughs> she was taller than me. She was strawberry blonde, and I have a thing for redheads. She played hockey. I love tall girls. She played hockey. Dude, we're the same height. I, 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 yeah, my I, favorite I like, girlfriends. My, my, I like tall. Like, like, not the longest girlfriends, but the funnest girlfriends I ever had were like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, mm-hmm. And I'm 5'6". And with heels, mm-hmm. they were like six feet tall. And I used to love walking mm-hmm. around in public with them because mm-hmm. every stereotypically plain, ordinary person, man or woman would look at us as if like it was like Ripley's Believe It or Not. Mm-hmm. And I would just look back at them like it was normal, like what? And then the girlfriend that I was with, whenever that happened, they were always like impressed with that shit. <laughs> so like I... Uh, I loved it. I, I, mm-hmm. I honestly, lo- it never worked out because um, they were always younger than me, and I didn't. I don't like younger girls, but like, mm-hmm. I, I, I love dating girls that are taller than me, just because of the public reaction, the contrarian reaction. You know, I have a theory. Um, a lot of people uh, talk about the Napoleonic complex of of mm-hmm. guys that are our height, mm-hmm. right? Like, we're I, I'm just a shade under five seven. I think you're about mm-hmm. the same height, right? Yeah. There, no matter what happens, if you ever get in any conflict with anybody taller than you, you're likely to hear something about a Napoleonic complex. Mm-hmm. I actually believe that tall people, people over, let's just say 5'10", men mm-hmm. and women, I believe that people over 5'10 suffer from a Wilt Chamberlain complex where they believe that the the starting point is that tall supersedes short. And I actually think that when they accuse us of having a Napoleonic complex, they're really just projecting their Wilt Chamberlain complex of superiority over Hmm. short people. Because I got to tell you something. I have never in my fucking life, and it's probably because I'm an egoist and I have narcissistic tendencies and I admit all of this shit, I have never in my life felt substandard to a taller human being ever Mm -hmm. in my life. I think Will Chamberlain complexes are more prevalent than, than Napoleonic Hmm. complexes. Possibly. Yeah. I've yeah. my, the only thing about my height, trust me when I'm riding a plane, I love being fast six. <laughs> I'm the happiest shortest. I'm the happiest short one in the world. Um, and, and you know, later on, I, I realized I was fun size. Uh, so that's also you know advantages there. Um, sometimes I think I'm six five in my head, though. Even though I'm like five six in real life, which is kind of weird. That, um, I feel the same way. 
Yeah, I do. Uh, Yeah, but I. The only thing, the only time I wished I was taller was when I was younger, because I figured because I was a a dance student that I would have been great at runway modeling, because I wouldn't have just like walked. I could have done something, but it's like, yeah, there don't. I don't think that there's anywhere in the world where there's a five foot six high fashion. Male model Kate, Kate Moss. <laughs> so I I gave up that dream. <laughs> Kate Kate um, Moss is the only five six model I think that exists. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but when you were asking me about uh, like um, the girl I was dating, um, like I said, taller than me. Uh, you know, uh, um, she played hockey, so you know, solid. Uh, you know, and we love the same music. She was great, absolutely great. It, if only she had been a guy, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but it was, it was about three months. And I think that's what kind of confirmed it because even though I thought she was great, other than holding hands and a couple of pecks on the cheek, it never really got hotter than that. Although I learned later on one day we were at a student radio together and there was just us two in the room and I came very close to losing my cherry that day. Well, let me let me apparently. let me tell you something, Douglas. You might not know I this. I decided not to, but apparently I came very close. I I, I found out later on. <laughs> my my ex, the mother of my children, um, when we got together, um, she told me about all her relationships. I don't know why she did this. Um, hmm. I really despise this person now, but um, at the time, I was very intrigued about all of the history that she told me about her relationships. Hmm. And the the one that she loved most, which is still her self-proclaimed best friend to this day, mm-hmm. is a black gay man named Martin. Mm-hmm. And she was with him before he was out. Mm-hmm. And to this day, she loves him more than any, any other human being ever. And mm-hmm. that's because she's a malignant narcissist and she can only... Um, feel um, true love for what she can ever have, right? Mm-hmm. She, she's had a lot of boyfriends since then. She has all these horrible things to say about all of them, including myself, I'm sure. Um, but but not but not Martin. Mm-hmm. Martin was like her um, her safe pick. Mm-hmm. Where where as a narcissist, uh, she can't be ever told that she was not as good as some other girl because all he wanted was other men, right? Mm-hmm. It is a very interesting dynamic uh, to experience straight women who really love gay men. I don't know if you've ever had like any social experience with that, but uh, it is really it's really interesting. But, yeah. It's like a will and grace thing. Yeah, uh, and it's interesting because I understand why straight women love gay men. I I totally yep. get it. Um, yep. We're wonderful, <laughs> dude. I almost love gay men more than straight. Dude, I fucking hate straight women. If you really want to know the truth, <laughs> all those Karens can just fuck right off. <laughs> Not all straight women. <laughs> I like Latin women and black women. You know why I like Latin women and black women more than white women? Honestly. Like, I, and you know what really is freeing about this conversation? I don't have to fucking like temper any of it. I don't have to fucking censor any of it. 
I like Latin women and black women more than white women. And here's the reason why. When black women and, and, and Latin women are mad at you, you fucking know that they're mad at you. You want to know why? Because they fucking tell you. They say, they say it to you. White women, when they're mad at you, dishes become louder. You know? Fucking like vacuuming becomes more aggressive. Latin women and black women will just be like, I don't like that you did this because of this motherfucking thing right here. And I'm just like, okay, I can deal with that. White women are just like, clank, clank, nothing. What, what do you mean? What, why do you think something's wrong? Clank, clank. And it's just like, <clears throat> I hate, no offense to the white women that watch my show, but I fucking hate white women. I, I, I As a relationship, I have been with Peruvian women and black women and white women and the white woman that I was just with, I was with for 14 years. Fuck white women. I love like non-white women, Latin, black. I've never dated an Asian woman, but I'll give you a shot because I hate white women. I, I don't like them. Douglas, over to you. <laughs> I have no idea what to say. <laughs> Uh, okay. um, <laughs> my okay. personal mileage varies <laughs> well wait a second uh, let me ask you this um no, white white when no, white men no, versus no, black no. and latin men hold on hold on no because uh, okay. uh all um you said something that for me all my past boyfriends i um there's only one i have nothing good to say about one the Florida guy? Yep. And I've never said his name. Okay. There's only one. Everyone else, whether the relationship... Do you, do you like how well I listen? And well. See how I listen? Yes. yes I'm yes. a good boyfriend, aren't I? You're a wonderful If I boyfriend. was gay tomorrow, you would totally date me, right? I totally would. Yep. <laughs> I don't have um, a gag reflex. But, I don't know if that but, matters but, to you or not, but I'm just saying. Go ahead. Why do you feel the need to share these things <laughs> I don't know. I don't fucking know. Because it's Casual Friday. <laughs> what do I care? <laughs> I, might, I might have to ask Alex, though, if he's okay with it, though. Who the fuck is Alex? <laughs> Who's Alex? Alex. Who the fuck is Alex? <laughs> oh, oh, man. No, no. Seriously. Um, there's only one. So, uh, but like whether the relationship ended bad, whether like something not good happened, whether the relationship just grew apart or whatever, I can say something positive like this. And I really hope all of them are doing well. The last one, it's not that I hope he's not doing well because I already know he's not doing well. Like this, I saw it with my own eyes. Um, he, he just made some really bad decisions. Um, but the opposite of love isn't hate. It's utter indifference. I just literally don't care about him <laughs> whatsoever. He's just completely irrelevant to my how life. Can I ask you how long that took for you to get to that point? Uh, with him, and the reason why I ask, the reason why I ask is because I have a weird reflex where I know my ex. I, I, listen, um, uh, people that are listening can believe me or not believe me. I don't. I don't care. My ex the mother of my children is obviously a narcissist she's obviously abusive she's obviously really horrible uh 
And I have just like in the last like two weeks been able to get to the point where it's like anytime I think of something that used to give me a tinge of anxiety and pain or whatever, I've been able to convert that into uh, sort of a confidence that I'm on the right path in life. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not fool's gold. Hmm. She's just done so much so many horrible things that I'm I'm finally able to like keep track of them mm-hmm. and mathematically like understand that I deserve better. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. How how do you do it? Well, first of all, we didn't have 14 years. We had about a year and something. Uh but it was so bad that I was single deliberately for close to four years after. I did not date at all um and i know you're you're feeling all right about this because the different when you talk about it if there's some venom there if your face contorts that's one thing but if you're talking about it like hmm this happened and oh look that happened here and oh and and that happened too that you're pointing you know it's like a rubik's cube and you're looking at it and you're talking Mm. you're speaking about it matter-of-factly as you are right you you're on the right path that's a sign that you're on the right path um for me the relationship was about a year a year and a quarter so we were at the pooper get off the pot sort of thing um but i something happened that the light turned on that i realized that the entire relationship from second one was a fraud and i had gotten taken so hard so florida Florida. Yeah. I got taken so hard. And the other thing was, is that, you know, after a while, you know, I've, I had relationships where I've made mistakes. I have at least one relationship where I'm sure if you had talked to the other person, I was the bad guy. And I, cause you're a pleaser. And I can honestly see how that would be the case. Um, but, um, this, but I learned from them in this relationship. You know, when you say, I know, I know it's, a, I know it wasn't me. Objectively, really? right? I did about as much everything right as you can do when something was going on. Saying, hmm, this is a little weird, a little weird flag. Let's talk about that. Right. But this guy had all the answers. So smooth. So freaking How smooth. do you, uh, can I ask you a question? How do you on, balance? I want to finish this part. So okay. I got taken so completely and when i realized that when the relationship was over this guy completely imploded and was absolutely disgusting at the end so it really wasn't hard i mean we're talking about someone as he was driving me to the airport who threatened to literally leave me by the side of the road wow. at one point okay that's how disgusting like when you talk about bad endings so he was cuban this I'm ended. Kidding. I'm just kidding. No. I'm just kidding. Um, so, but when I got to the airport in that one, it was like I, I got through the door and I saw that there was a plug right there, an outlet, and I plugged the laptop in. and says, "Okay, listen here. <laughs> it's like we are done, right? It's like you don't write me, yeah. you don't call me. My 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 name doesn't cross your lips. You don't ask my friends about me. You don't ask me how I'm doing. I won't ask my friends about you. I like, I don't not wish you ill. I do not wish you good. I just did want you, my. Did energy you get over it at at, at that time, or did you? Did it take another few months to get over it? What took me uh, time to get over uh, was the how could I be so stupid yeah. part because I got taken until 
You know, every now and then the next, the missing piece of the puzzle happens. Well, when the missing piece of the puzzle came in and landed and everything else went click, 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 click. And then I realized that's what was going on. I was not stupid. He was just that good. And that's when everything disappeared. And that's did his did, did his like um, um, complete sociopathic? I don't give a fuck about your feelings. Impact you at all? While it was happening, yes. But in hindsight, no. Like I said, in, in hindsight, the, the the breakup was it was very clear. I was not going, and I and I, and I like I said, you know. I, it is not when you say it's not me it's you it's not you it's me yeah it is you <laughs> right yeah. so let's be clear on that we're both clear that it is you um so that part was like this but it was the fact of you know you're sitting at home one day and you're thinking like it's like new year's eve and i'm sitting at my condo in ottawa and Two days before go, I was in Florida with a guy who had put a ring in my finger, and the plan was that we would move in together. When he, you know, I was like, "How the hell did this happen?" Yeah, you're just sitting there like this, and you know, of course, it's the holidays. On top of that, right? So it's like, "How the hell am I alone on New Year's Eve when a couple of days ago I was in it?" Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so that part was hard. I guess, and and then the beating yourself up, but, but as like I said, when you, and I knew it was a grift, you know, like this, but it was just like there was, yeah, it, it was really weird because when, when you get taken, it, it's a beating yourself up thing more than the other thing, right? So the, the, you learn that forgiveness is first for yourself. Yeah, for five, you know what? I, I, I'm one of those guys that like um, I'm not a fan of Oprah. So every time mm. I hear Oprah speak, I take it with, with a grain yeah. of salt. And, and the first time I ever heard the concept of, um, you know, resentment is like swallowing poison and waiting for the other person to die. Mm. And that was related to this concept of forgiveness. I was always like, fuck that. Forgiveness to me is not letting go of what someone else did to you that hurt you it's mm-hmm. not that at all no to me forgiveness is is like saying to yourself first of all it's two things one of them is that is this person legitimately sorry okay then i forgive them that's one type of forgiveness the other type of forgiveness is i need something that makes me not give a fuck about what that person did to hurt me. Bingo. Right. But who, who can really accomplish that? Well, it's very difficult to accomplish it, that kind of shit. It's very difficult. It's a higher state of being. Yeah. I don't accomplish. Yeah, I, I, I still can't accomplish that. Game. Listen, my, my, my recent ex, the mother of my children, I believe that she cheated on me several times that she has never told me about. And there is a part of me that that sits there and wants to like, and 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 sometimes, to be perfectly honest with you, ruminates about the possibility of, of that those things actually exist. Yep, I did that. I had too. to come to the fucking conclusion that my ex 
would never admit that she ever cheated on me. Therefore, I would have to come to the like conclusion and the like comfortable reality that I will never, ever, ever know if what I suspect is true is true. Which which was which was awesome because it then led me to believe and understand that I don't even give a fuck anymore. Exactly, and yeah. being okay. But that's not forgiveness. Not knowing. Well, well, it is in a way because I forgive was, myself for giving her that much time to prove she was that much of a piece of shit. Yeah, but that but that that's part of it. That's yeah. part of it because it's like, why the hell did I stay in this so long? All the beating yourself up with a bat, right? You got to yeah. let go of that. But then the other part of it, like this, because I, I was talking to a friend of mine. I have a friend who happens to be a Buddhist monk. So whenever I'm going through some really crappy shit, it's like, ah, I need <laughs> that's your help. good guy. It's a good guy to have in your Rolodex, a Buddhist monk. Oh, okay. yeah, it's like happy birthday. I got you nothing. <laughs> right he's got this wicked sense of humor uh, so i love it uh but i talked to him and that he was the one that told me it's like you know it's like how it's like because it was the same thing it was somebody that i was convinced had and the relationship was over but i was like okay dude it's over like just tell me yeah right and it's like it i was, was the same was, thing, right it, it's the one thing is that like, even if he told you right like if it's what if it is genuinely no would you know would you believe it? if it's yes would you believe it yes I would and it you might know what make though sometimes it's your own fault sometimes yeah. sometimes it's it, it's your own it's your own doing um, sorry I don't mean to cut you off but I just want to very quickly I'll I'll take twenty seconds here um, I, I I separated with my wife in uh, April twenty twenty two and in, and in March twenty twenty two. I linked with this girl and this girl is, it, uh, you know who she is. Um, you might not know who she is right this second, but you, hmm. you know of her. Um, she was so instrumental in my ability to be able to um, come to terms with my separation mm-hmm. and my ability to feel confident about myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we lasted for a few months. And then about a year ago now, uh, we, we drifted apart. And at first I thought it was uh, tragic. I, th- I thought it was something I did wrong. I thought it was something that like I could fix and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying she was perfect in this situation. I, I think she, she was... She didn't communicate the way um, that I would have hoped that she would. But at the same time, in hindsight, I was like, I understood. I just talked to her tonight for the first time in like months. And um, this is the first person I was romantically involved with since my separation. And uh, what we told each other and what I told her, um, you know, which is important, is that uh, I told her that I loved her and that, uh, and she's with someone right now who she really, really, really loves. And I told her I was happy for her. And I wanted her to understand that uh, I, I really appreciated the friendship that she gave me at the time that she gave it to me, even though it was romantic at the time and it's not romantic anymore. 
Mm. Um, re- I don't know why I'm telling you this, but but I think the reason why is because um, when you are in a lost situation, whether or not you are with someone or not, the people that you uh, interact with or or have relationships with in the interim when you're not really ready for a serious relationship mm-hmm. but you're still with those mm-hmm. people are very pivotal mm-hmm. and they're very important and um this person um was like i i used to call her my my medicine girl <laughs> before before we were uh not together anymore and 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 i meant that literally and 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 the funny thing is, is that she she ended up uh, receiving that as a negative thing. Like the only mm-hmm. thing that I wanted from her was a uh, a cure for the uh, pain that I was feeling mm-hmm. from my previous relationship. And she was right. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, there's an interesting wisdom um, that comes with with people that um, get with you when you're not ready to get with people yet. Do you know what I'm saying? Because they can tell you something about yourself that you can't yes. see. They'll check your blind spot for you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. This yeah. The, the thing with the forgiveness, what happened to was it was really bothering me. And, and I was sitting there and I was going like, I need to get past this and I can't figure it out. I've tried everything. I know how to try like this. And it still bothers me. The way it ended bothers me. And the fact that I don't know why. It ended. Mm. No, this is not Florida. This is this other one. And, you know, he taught taught me about, like, there's going to be lots of things that you don't know, and you have to be comfortable with ambiguity, and you have to be comfortable with not knowing, right, which is fine. But the thing that he was telling me about forgiveness, hello, you cute little kitty. The thing he was telling me about forgiveness is that, oh, look at this, the hand on your nose. Oh, my God, what a cutie. You're right. He snuggles like a champ. Oh, he snuggles. Oh, my God. What the cutest thing. Um, So the thing is, is that he told me that when he said that forgiveness is a gift, is something that you do for yourself, it's it's similar to what you were saying is you have to decide that it's something that you no longer need to know or need to do or need to hold on to. It's not serving you. You got to let it go. And the only way to let it go is to forgive it. Like this, not for the other person, not for no. the benefit of the other person, so that for you, yourself, so you stop. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like you did this crappy thing. Like this, you're not going to admit it. You're not going to make it right. You're not going to tone like this. I forgive you. Mm. Clearly, you're in a worse spot than I am. Yeah. Right, and that's, and that's enough. You know. The, to know if you're able to do that, you are in a better spot <laughs> and that you, you could do that. And it, it, it's not like a, ha ha, I'm better than you. It's a, okay. Like you said, it's a sign that you're on the right path, that yep. you're heading somewhere positive. So it's a, it's a lesson that I, um, that I try, that I try to live by when, when people do me wrong, like that, that incident we, we talked about, you know, not too long ago about my neighbor. We did. Yeah. Um, Cause there's another incident. How's going, by the way, have you uh, seen, have you talked to him at all since then? Yeah. Uh, not talked, uh, but we have uh, the police, uh, the constable went to talk uh, to him and they said that uh, he seemed to be quite contrite and 
no, that that was probably not the right thing to do. Apparently, he called the station again afterwards to sort of like apologize again. Um, oh, really? We saw him a couple of times, but it, it's like glances sort of didn't connect. But the first time that it did, he was talking to a, a, somebody else on the street, and I was on my bike and I was riding, and I big smile and I put my hand up and you know, I said hello, and he did say hello back. Um, so, do you want to say hello to a guy that said that before? Like, like yeah. are, are you? Uh... Are you made up of the kind of stuff that is like maybe he was having a bad day or or do you think that he's just a fucking like homophobic piece of shit? In this particular instance, I would first assume bad day. Like there's that incident that happened in Calgary. Like this one, that guy just turned around and says, you're not even human. That guy's yeah. a rank fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah. That guy deserves yeah, everything. You know, the, you know if, if he destroyed his business, if he destroyed if his like friends are not associating with him anymore, he deserves that for what he did. Mm-hmm. This is someone with whom we had nearly a two-year relationship and it was always friendly. He's been on our property, whatnot, and then one night said something, right? Right, okay. He might be a dick, Right. <laughs> But he, yeah. like, he, yeah, like, he might be a raging homophobe. He might not. But if we're going to live on the same damn street together, four houses away, I would rather, for my future, if I'm playing the long game, not having to, every time I walk out my door, wonder if he, wondering if he's going to be out and it's going to be an awkward moment. So that's why we turn, this guy in Calgary uh, is pursuing this guy. There's an open investigation. The guy got fined $500. Yeah, we probably could have done that too, but we said, like, listen, you know, we're living on the strange street, so please let them know that we're prepared to consider this a blip, and we would like to go back to having cordial relations. Relations. Yeah. So, because what we, the, it was also a self protection thing, because when you call the cops and that's and you report and you say yes, I would like you to go talk to them, you can get three reactions, right? The person goes, oh my god, so sorry, nothing. Uh, or you get benign neglect, it happens, and then the person never talks to you ever again and doesn't interact, I guess. Or the person goes, you called the freaking cops? <laughs> and then wants to retaliate. Yeah. So in our case, given that this guy is probably not going to see that other guy ever again, we live on the same damn street. Yeah. So it's like, let's play the long game here. We're prepared to show that we're bigger people. Yeah. Let's say, you know what? This was a blip. If you are prepared to be nice and civil and pleasantness must be. But do you think in your heart of hearts that he meant it or not? I would assume based on what the constable told us. Yes. Yeah. That, 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 sorry, that, that he meant that he felt bad. Yeah. Oh, that he felt bad. That he felt bad. Yes. I have, I have, I can see a situation I, where I think somebody that's a reflection really on your goodness. Out, tries to say the worst thing that they think will hurt someone like this. And when somebody turns out and says, you know what? That was a fucking dick move. You know turns what? Around, yeah, you as, know a, what? as a guy who isn't gay, who has nothing against gay people, I can't imagine those words coming out of anybody's mouth unless that was their truth. That's just me. But, you know? There's part of me that wants to believe that. And then I know that there are people that in an instant just decide out of meanness to say the worst thing that they can possibly think of, even though they're not that person. I've seen yeah. both. Um, but for me, not so much for him, but for me, I would much rather 
because because I pass by every time I go play tennis, right? I pass his house twice a day when I go when I come back, right? Yeah. I guess yeah. when I walk to the store, I pass by. You know, it's I would rather because I thought about things like, for example, every time I'm going to pass by his house, I'm going to do like this. Not looking in your window, not looking in your window, like this, you know, or just like, or just like have a sign. Yeah, yeah. this is what a faggot walking down the street looks like, you know, or just, you know, uh, right. And I thought, like, all the energy I'd have to put into that, right? It's yeah. just, we had, you knew we were gay for the last year and a half, and you never said anything like that. It wasn't until you thought we were, you were going to get a contract. And we said, no, we don't do business that way. And then the very first next interaction, it's that, okay, you lost a commission. You're pissed off. You lashed out. You pulled a dick move. I called you out on it. Now we can go back to our regularly scheduled relationship that we had before, or we can let this be the thing. Which do you choose? But I gave the guy the choice. And it seems that he's choosing going back to the regularly scheduled. I am fine with that. I would much rather that then like win $500 or take them to court like this and then be awkward for the rest. Exactly. It's the long game. I just, I want a nice, peaceful existence. And if I can do that by being the bigger man, by being the first to offer, listen, I'm not willing, I'm willing to not hold this against you if you're willing to be decent. If it works, great, we all win. And somebody stepped up to him and told him. So now he knows. Douglas Connors, thank you so much for joining us here on blackballed on casual friday by yes. by the way this is the first one in three weeks i think yes yeah you've been missed my friend i've been away and now i'm back and hey, you're trying to do I, i'm gonna try to do three shows a week i i've just been like burnt out that's all hey that's all. there's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself and you know what you're working on some really cool important and i mean dark subject but i'm sure it's fun i mean writing a book douglas if i become it. gay can you send people over to blow me is that is that is that is that allowed? I I know all of them. I'll let them know. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Hey 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 hey, Melvin Melvin, this guy he's you. a good guy. Just <laughs> I love you, Douglas. Thank you. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll, I'll I'll fix you up. <laughs> I'll hook you up. Have a, have a good night, buddy. <laughs> Bye, everyone watching. Cheers, man. That was Douglas Connors. I'm James DeFiori. And uh, I'll see you next time on Black Ball. Black Ball. Black 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 Ball. Black 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 Ball. Black 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 Ball. Black 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 Ball. Black 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 Ball. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. 
I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.